So at what point during this production do you think all of the actors realized this was the worst movie they were ever going to be in? <laughs> Didn't it change directors I at one know. point? Because I, I, if I was an actor, I would assume right then. <laughs> it just, has everyone forgotten the cautionary tale of Wild Wild West? They have not. This was actually worse than that. Jonah Hex. You don't look so tough. Hey, Hex. What happened to your face? <laughs> Cut myself shaved. What happened to yours? Always do lock when you finally show up. Jeez, woman, how many men you see today? Quentin Turnbull is. Don't you dare say that name to me. What's it like to go through life with a face like that? Let me show you. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, the Bad Movie Podcast. Where today we're talking about Jonah Hex with Josh Brolin, John Malkovich, Megan Fox, Will Arnett, Michael Fassbender. Michael Shannon. Yeah, for one scene. For about five seconds we see Michael Shannon. I know. You're not wrong, he's in it. Yeah. Wes Bentley is also in it. Yes, Lance Reddick. This movie had a lot of, a lot of really, like if you hear that cast, you should be like, wow, this movie is going to be amazing. It should have been amazing. But it's lies and deceit. This is everyone's worst movie. So, yeah. Uh, even Megan Fox says that she thinks this is her worst movie. Uh, agreed. And it 100% is. Yeah. Josh Brolin said that really everybody honestly was trying to make a good movie. <laughs> With this, I don't think that's true of John Malkovich, but... John Malkovich was at the point in his career, though, when he just strolled up and was like, Hi, guys, I'm John Malkovich. Like, that yeah. was that was his part. Yeah, he was sort of Jack Nicholsoning it. Yeah. So, basically, production problems abounded in this. There were different writers and different people directing. Apparently, Josh Brolin wanted Chanwick Park to direct it. That would have been interesting. Wouldn't it have been interesting? It would have been... There's no way it could have been worse. Well, it certainly would have been better. I mean, it would have been interesting. It would have been more watchable. (laughs) It would have been a lot more watchable. I don't know if I would have liked it more. It's like... Oh, man. It's like calling a wine drinkable. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's never going on the label. (laughs) Well, his movies are always interesting. What, What did he do? Old boy? Oh, gross. Oh, hey, Josh Brolin was in the American remake of that. He probably loved it. Everyone loved that movie, except for me. Anyway, don't watch Old Boy. Uh, So, we start out, like all of our films do, almost, with a voiceover. War and me took to each other real well. Felt like it had meaning. feeling of doing what you thought was right. When it wasn't. John Malkovich is the clear villain of the piece, right out of the gate, as General Turnbull. And he just, first thing he does is burn Jonah's wife and son alive because Jonah killed Turnbull's son. Um, also, he's a Confederate general. So well, he's like, a Confederate general, and yeah. he's John Malkovich. <laughs> Uh, There's a lot of things going against him here. (laughs) I'm not sure if he thought that he was doing a southern accent for this movie. 
I don't think he cares if he was doing a southern accent. Yeah. I didn't get the impression that he cared about anything in this movie. No, that was actually uh, one of the reviews that I read at the time that it came out, was that this movie was so bad that John Malkovich could not muster any enthusiasm for being the villain in it. Yeah. Right, so he's a Confederate general, and Jonah had been in the Confederate army, but then he decided he had to do what was right, and I guess he killed this guy and disobeyed orders. We'll find out later. Also, this opening scene, the score that's attached to it, I could tell from the sheer amount of reverb on the music that this was going to be a terrible Western. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Everything cheesy. Yeah, accurate. That is what happened. Uh, So Turnbull then brands Jonah's face with his initials and leaves him tied up. It's so funny because they had... An insane southern general. Yeah. Who was giving him, he called it a mark on his face to remember him by. Mm-hmm. But they didn't make a single allusion to the mark of Cain. Yeah, every time, and every time I heard that, that's what I thought of. And not just because I've seen so much Supernatural. <laughs> but, yeah. It felt it, like it was a missed weird. opportunity. Yeah, To make did. his character slightly more interesting. It felt especially strange because then the mark is gone. Like, he doesn't actually have the mark. Right, it's just this really horrific scar. Yeah, it's like a big old burn. Also, you did not mention that Michael Fassbender is in this scene. Oh, I forgot he. See, honestly, I. Okay, let's talk about this. Michael (laughs) Fassbender looks like Ewan McGregor in this movie. He does a little bit. He's this smiling Irishman. Which, in fact, Michael Fassbender is Irish, which is why it's so weird that his performance as an Irishman in this movie felt so false. But, yeah, he's also got a bunch of, like, chin and neck tattoos, which doesn't seem super accurate. Well, it seems like it's the Native American thing, but he has an Irish accent, so I refuse to believe that he was taken in by a Native American tribe as a child. Yeah, no, he's just straight Irish, which actually is pretty realistic because a lot of Irish men came to fight in the Civil War because they wanted to learn how to fight because they wanted a civil war against the English. Yeah, maybe he just thought it looked cool. Maybe he saw it on some Native Americans and just thought it looked super cool, so (laughs) got some himself. Maybe so. Like, this makes me look crazy. I'm going to do this. Accurate. He's Quentin Turnbull's henchman throughout this entire movie. Yes. Which is really surprising in retrospect, having seen all of his other roles, to see him pop up in this minor role it's in an so, early film. It's so strange. But this was the year before he was Magneto. Yes. Although, interestingly, the year after he was in Inglorious Bastards. Right, and that's what his real big break was. Yeah. Whatever. At least in America. You're better than this, Michael Fassbender. Even then. (laughs) It's true. So at this point, we're hearing more narration over cartoons. We cannot get enough backstory told to us. No, and we never will for this whole movie. We will never get enough. It's just so good and interesting and original. Yeah, and this is the only time that we see cartoons, so I'm glad that I just felt like they didn't want to shoot these scenes. Yeah. Although it is also a reference to the fact that it was a graphic novel, but they should have incorporated it more if they wanted to make that a thing. Yeah. Like, what were you, pressed for time? (laughs) There were some scenes in here where I was like, okay, was that only in here because you needed to fill out... Your 80 minutes? Yeah. Five minutes of that were credits, by the way. Yeah, it was a lot of credits for this movie. Yeah. So 
Jonah Hex stayed tied up for days before the Crow Indians saved him. He says he's not immortal, but he can see the other side now and talk to the dead. Jonah Hex hunted Turnbull down until he learned that he had died in a hotel fire. So then he just became a bounty hunter. So done. Yeah, done. I believe End of it. movie. End of movie. I believe it. A completely new villain is going to pop up and we'll never see John Malkovich again. No. They really needed him for that scene, though. He sold it. Yeah. Sold it. No one else could have played that. And then we see a super cheap graphic of the words Jonah Hex. That was a weird title situation. First of all, it was like we had three intros. Yeah. And then this this graphic comes up, which wasn't even worth it. Why would you pay someone the $20 that it clearly costs? Yeah. Well, it, it was one of the uh, the presets for After Effects, so they just used it in, in the film. That's so funny. <laughs> this entire movie would have been so much better if we had started... You could have said literally anything after that, and it would have been true. If it was more of the same for three hours? Is that what you were going to say? Yes. <laughs> That's my argument. Yeah. It's not long enough. <laughs> the whole movie would have been so much better if we had not known his backstory at the beginning of the movie. If he'd just been some weird, disfigured bounty hunter. Yeah. And that had slowly been revealed over the course of the film. Because they also played it like they were slowly revealing it over the course of the film. Yeah. To the point of fleshing out the, the backstory of his family. I mean, yeah. it, it's insane that they felt like they had to do both of those things. Yeah. And now, what a cool, dumb, scarred face he has. His scar is ridiculous, and I don't like it. No, it's really awful. And also, I don't think he would ever have scarring. So, he has this huge burn scar on on the side of his face. But he also has, like, this strip of burned flesh that's, like, healed over part of his mouth that leaves, like, a hole between that and the rest of the burn scar. I refuse to believe that you wouldn't get a doctor... To fix that for you. Yeah, right after it happened, that would have been pretty easy to fix. That would be so much less convenient. Nope, we had to look at it, so. Jonah hauls three criminals and the head of a fourth uh, in for a bounty to some treacherous men who refuse to pay the $100 bounty on them. It's weird because they've got five coffins sitting there, and I was like, these guys are criminals, and I'm really wondering why you made coffins for them. Also, if you were already planning on killing the bounty hunter who brought them in, don't leave the fifth coffin lying around. I know. He just looks over and he's like, hmm, five coffins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, why would you try to kill the guy who was skilled enough to kill the people (laughs) that you couldn't kill? By the the transitive property, (laughs) you shouldn't be able to kill that guy, which turns out to be true. Yeah. And this is where I started to understand why this movie was going to be so terrible. He's got Gatling guns on the side of his horse. (laughs) Well, so, yeah, he's, like, shooting them up, and he kills them. Mm -hmm. The four men who are trying to kill him, and then there's, like, one idiot yokel on the other side of the street who he takes the sheriff badge and gives it to, like... Yeah, I don't even understand why. It wasn't clever. He pins it on the fat slob, and Rose, the joke is that he's a fat slob. (laughs) I know. I don't know if you (laughs) saw this. His overalls were too small, (laughs) and they were dirty. And he never closed his mouth. That's funny. Yeah, that means, okay, and note to all actors, by the way. (laughs) Now, it was on purpose here, and it played well. But if you leave your mouth open all the time, you're going to look stupid. And there are a lot of actors who don't realize that. Yeah. 
But then he explodes the wooden building that the bodies are left in. It's very easy to explode buildings in the old west. No, my problem is he starts a fire. Like, he, clearly he's fine with everyone else in this town existing and thriving because he gives the idiot the sheriff badge. But then he explodes the wooden building that's mm-hmm. gra- that's jammed up against a bunch of other wooden buildings, including what look like train tracks. Mm-hmm. He's creating jobs. They're going to have to rebuild those. If they can make it through the tough times. Because I'm like, that whole town is going to burn down, buddy. There's not enough water to put that out. And it's too close to everything to burn out on its own. But there's sand everywhere. They're going to be fine, Rose. You're overthinking this. I think he chose the right fat club to be sheriff, and that guy's going to handle this. Oh, my gosh. How dare you question Jonah Hex so much? Speaking of trains... There's a train with some soldiers on the roof and some fancy people in the cars, and we see riders come up alongside the train. They jump onto the train while Michael Fassbender sets dynamite on the tracks, and they're yelling that they need to secure the weapon. They actually blow up the train, and I'm not sure how or when anyone got a weapon off of it. <laughs> well, especially when you see the weapons that they got. I mean, they were they were freaking huge. It was like, like a, I guess they detached the... Giant honking piece of yeah, metal. Did they detach one of the train cars, maybe? I think that is what happened. Because there were cannons. Yeah. I think that is what happened, but it's still kind of weird. Because also, if you detached... Okay. So, obviously, that car is not going to be the first car on the train. Right. So if you blow up the train, the tracks are gone. Where are you going to get this? Like, how are you going to get this anywhere now? Whatever. It doesn't seem to be a problem for them, though. (laughs) It's not their problem. So in his office, President Grant talks to Will Arnett, who, I'm sorry, why? I can't take him seriously ever. I know. This whole time, I was just expecting him to be the comic foil. And he wasn't really. If they hadn't played by anyone other than Will Arnett, I would have taken him much more seriously. Yeah. So here's the problem. Will Arnett's whole deal is that he plays the straight man who's ridiculous and doesn't realize it. So when he's just playing something straight, it doesn't seem like he's being serious. Yeah. He he can't be a super serious guy. Right. He's already... It's too close to his comic personality. Yeah. Like, it's not... Yeah, I'm, like, I'm sorry. You're just... You're famous for, for this other thing. That's what you do now. And they say that it was Turnbull. It was for sure Turnbull who robbed the train. And he faked his own death. That's all they had to say about that. Faked his own death. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a thing... Obviously, crazy supernatural story. I thought this was going to be a thing where it was like, oh, he's back from the dead or blah, blah, blah. Nope. Because Jonah Hex is back from the dead. He was brought back by Crow Indians. I don't think he fully died. He was like almost dead. Well, they said he was like on the brink of death and these Crow Indians that found him brought him back to life. Indian magic. Right. But they never brought him back. They couldn't bring him back all the way, which is why crows follow him around. We never saw any crows following him that I noticed. And then... Yeah, like twice. And then... uh, But it also gives him powers we'll talk about later. So, yeah. Yeah. Indians are magic. Right. So, I I was like, wow, that's really how we're just going to write that off? Faked his death? Great. Especially because my question is, like, were they just told he was dead then? Because he died in a hotel fire. Apparently so. Apparently everybody just took that at face value, including Jonah Hex, whose life mission was to find this guy and kill him. Yeah. But he hears hotel fire and he says, pack it up. That's good <laughs> enough for me. They say that 
Turnbull is causing trouble because of America's impending centennial. And Arnett is like, why do you care that one guy, one Confederate soldier is walking around? Grant says Turnbull changed after Gettysburg, targeting hospitals and schools. They say the least scary thing in the entire world. His uh, Mexican slaves had a nickname for him. What was it? Terrorista. Terrorista. It's the same word in English, guys. First of all, he's literally a terrorist. That's what you just described. (laughs) Second of all, it's the same word in Spanish, so don't say it like it's scarier. Third of all, maybe don't pick a scary nickname that has the feminine A on the end. (laughs) And I really think there's literally no nickname they could have said that would have made anything scary about that. Well, it is also a little bit weird because you would expect if they were giving him this name, like, because it's based on a a comic book, Mm -hmm. you would expect if they were giving him a name, it would be because that was what he was known by in the comic book. Yeah. Because they do that a lot in, like, the Batman movies or whatever, where they don't really want to refer to people by these ridiculous comic book names, but they may mention it as a nickname. Yeah. So that's not the case, though, for Quentin Turnbull. He is Jonah Hex's arch nemesis. Okay. But he doesn't have a name other than that. Yeah, it, it's it's really weird. That line was so strange and boring, like a lot of this movie. Honestly, this movie was so boring that I frequently, I logistically, it was not complicated enough that I really needed to pause the movie ever no. to take notes. But I had to, and I had to just sit there for several minutes at a time and muster up enough <laughs> will to make notes about the movie because it was so boring. Yeah. And I had to take a break. <laughs> so Turnbull also stole something. He, he not only stole something off this train, he also broke into an armory and stole something else, leading everyone to mysteriously agree that he is making the weapon. Yeah. Which they had a pro. They, it, it was a prototype, but it was never built. I don't know why you would show him stealing cannons off train rather than whatever mysterious thing he stole to make the weapon. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, It's because they have literally the exact same scene that it would have been. He breaks into another armory later. Yeah. And they didn't want to show it twice. Yeah. That's all it is. Will Arnett is completely unconcerned about knowing what what this is, this weapon. He doesn't care. But he reminds Grant that his unit is the best unit. And he says, that's why you're assigned to go find Jonah Hex. And this whole time, I kept expecting him to make a joke. I know. Dude, I'm sorry, but you can't play dramatic. Yeah. You can play serious, but not dramatic. So Jonah Hex is at a bar, just drinking, with whiskey falling out of his mouth hole. It's so gross. I hate it when people have weird mouth stuff, and they show it in the grossest possible way, like with them eating or drinking. They can't not show it. Yeah. Somehow people can't refrain from showing that. They're like, do you understand the logistics, viewers? This yeah. would be gross. This guy's got a hole in his cheek. Let's show stuff falling out of yeah, it. Yeah, you have oh to understand gosh. how this would really work. Really immerse yourselves in this movie. True, because he's had this for how long, and he hasn't learned how to swallow something without it falling out of his cheek? He's just a tough guy who don't care. <sighs> no kidding. <laughs> so gross. Agreed. And another bar patron is like, Talking to someone else, and he's like, he don't look so tough to me. How is that possible? Oh, that can't possibly be true. You're such a liar. And then he goes and tries to, like, pick a fight with him and get shot. Yeah, so he gets shot. Jonah Hex 
he just he just walks up to him and he's like, "Hey, buddy!" And Jonas Hex shoots him like immediately. <laughs> it was like I could tell that guy's picking a fight. So previously, I, I just have a couple objections to this. Okay. Previously, we have been told in the voiceover that he is a bounty hunter because he wants to bring the guilty to justice mm-hmm. for money. But he he wants to bring the guilty for justice, and when. He's turning in the people for the bounty, the bodies for the bounty. He says, you showed me proof of their guilt and I brought you the bodies. So he clearly isn't just up for whatever. Right. Well, and he stopped war because it was wrong. Oh, right. But that was like before his traumatic family dying. This is after. So now he's more of an antihero, I assume. (laughs) But he's kind of portrayed as being still in favor of justice. And yet, he kills a guy for starting to start a bite, a bar fight with him. Yeah. So, that I, doesn't seem like the pinnacle of justice here. He also clearly already had his gun pointed at him yes. through his hat. That's my second thing, because he doesn't move at all. He's got his hat on the counter, and we, we know that like he's kind of leaning on one of his arms, but you don't really think about it until he fires without moving anything. <laughs> Which means that he was lying in wait for something like this to happen. I know. He walked in, sat down next to that guy, and was like, this guy's going to pick a fight. Am I going to try to avoid it? Nope. Going to point my gun right at him. Yeah, and put my hat over it so no one yeah. knows. Yeah. It was just really inconsistent with, like, I mean, you know, if you want him to just be, like, some crazy guy, then don't try and make it seem like he's doing his bounty hunting to bring greater justice to the guilty. Yeah, or, like, he cares why the people. Yeah. He's bringing in, are getting killed. Anyway, upstairs, Megan Fox is a prostitute named Lila. She looks so unattractive in this movie. I yeah. I don't really object. I mean, she looks fine in most movies. You know, like you doll her out the right she's way. Pretty. She's fine. But this movie, she throughout the entire thing, she just looked really unattractive to me. Well, part of it is that she looked mad the whole time. I think it was also that her hair. I don't. Her face looked weird. I didn't like it. I didn't yeah. know if it was her makeup or the way they did her hair or... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she she's really pretty, but she just didn't pop in this movie. Yeah, I was just... Every time I saw her, I was so surprised at how ugly she looked to me. <laughs> yeah, for, for Megan Fox. Right, I mean, just weird looking. Yeah. So, a customer wants her to run away with him, and she's got to fight him off with a, her little single-shot derringer. And shows that she's got spunk. Mm-hmm. Right? And if there's one thing a prostitute definitely doesn't want, it's a way out of prostitution. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because she's a strong, independent woman. Exactly. Sex work is empowering, guys. (laughs) Jonah Hex shows up after that, and I guess they're dating or whatever. I don't understand. They clearly have, yeah, they clearly have a relationship, and I refuse to believe that Megan Fox is super duper in love with a horribly disfigured Josh Brolin. Really? Because she uh, initiates romance by counting his bullet wounds. It's very romantic. She's into it, definitely, but he uh, he doesn't even have a charming personality. I'm like, what do you see in him? Uh, maybe she just sees that he's 20 years older than her. <laughs> Maybe that's the really hot and part. And still seeking vengeance for his last family. Yeah, that's hot, always. <laughs> I mean... Great, are you still hung up on your wife? Yeah. Or was this only about your child? I need to know. What you really want to look for in a guy is a lot of unresolved baggage. Yeah. It's very hot, according to films. 
when she gets out of bed later, she's still wearing elbow length gloves for some reason. And it looks very weird because she wasn't wearing them when he walked in. (laughs) Also, we know it's supposed to be super hot because she's always sweaty looking. Yeah, exactly. He literally says everyone who gets close to me dies as a reason for them not to go away together, which is so hackneyed. But it's a moot point because the army breaks in immediately to the room and conscripts him into service. Mostly by telling him that Turnbull is back. And so they don't really have to conscript him. Yeah. I know. They portrayed it as being this huge thing where he's like, yeah, I'll take my odds against a dozen men, a dozen armed men. And he's like, Turnbull's alive. And he's like, oh, never mind. I'll come with you. (laughs) Exactly. Will Arnett is getting a shave on, on the field. With his one side of his fake mustache slightly askew. (laughs) And he's openly skeptical and condescending to Jonah Hex. Because that's his his role is to just be a buffoon in this movie. (laughs) Arnett has one of Turnbull's men who told them where he was going, but he died during interrogation. Now we see Jonah's real powers. Jonah grabs his hand to reanimate him and talk to him. And last night is when I realized that my phone... Otto corrects the word talk to the word y'all. <laughs> and I don't know why that happens. And that's, I think that's recent. Uh, the guy starts to sizzle, and Jonah says it's because he's been out of the... They're keeping him out of the ground. And what he's done in bringing him back is unnatural, but he can make the pain stop if he tells him the information. So this guy says that he was recruited by Colonel Slocum, who runs a fight tent somewhere somewhere and jonah puts dirt on the guy's head and a tiny a bit a very small amount and that's all it takes yeah don't worry it's very scientific dirt likes the dead and dead like the dirt simple as that he says done yeah he tells arnett he's going southeast and disappears turnbull meanwhile is threatening a dandy played by wes bentley who i guess is in politics I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but he... I've seen this guy. He's a fancy young man. In movies, or in, in TV shows, I mean, he's an American Horror Story, where he's actually... I mean, he can act. This guy can act. You would never know it. Somehow his part in this movie is the worst acting of the entire <laughs> film of bad acting. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. It looks like a high schooler is, like, playing... And it's just like, when you watch his expressions, I mean, the scenes are real quick. So maybe you're not, if you're not paying attention, you might not notice. But like, his expressions and stuff are just like bonkers. (laughs) I don't understand what he was thinking in this role. And this was the kid from American Beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Like critically acclaimed. That's so funny. Well, he's reluctant to give Turnbull the location of the trigger device, even though he's already been giving him sensitive and classified information. And this scene was pointless because they immediately cut to finding the weapons parts. The, they failed to build any kind of tension or caring about the characters, and I guess because the acting's really bad in all of this also, it just feels like so many of the scenes are dumb and pointless. But I think it's also because like there's no scenes where people have conversations that aren't just plot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like we see him talking to Lila about his dead family while they're in bed together. Or like nope. Quentin's not monologuing to Michael Fassbender about his evil plans. And yeah, I guess that's true. Like, none of it is Yeah, actual. just stuff happens. That's yeah. all we need. 
Yeah. They immediately cut to finding the weapons parts, which are glowing orange globes. And we're supposed to care that the villains are ruthless because they show all the men they killed. Then they drag a guy outside. Michael Fassbender drags a guy outside. And they're like, this guy has boards on his shoulder. Oh, he's still, shoulder pads. He's still alive. And I don't really know what that means. I think they meant that he's an officer because he's yeah. got the little things on his shoulder. I thought so. But like... I thought they were going to do something. I thought this was another thing where it was going to be like... Because also Jonah Hex got this look on his face when he said, oh, I was recruited by Colonel Slocum. Mm -hmm. And he gets this look on his face like, what? And I thought it was going to be like, oh, all of these guys are dead and they've been brought back to life. I thought they were going to do something like that. Like, no, we just dragged this guy outside so that Turnbull himself could shoot him. (laughs) Great scene, guys. I feel like Turnbull is really developing right before our eyes. He's so evil. Yeah, and it's the other thing is, it's hard to feel anything for Turnbull, even hatred, and like you want him to get his comeuppance because he's so, he's sleepwalking through this part. Yeah. And he just, he, he could not have cared less. He doesn't seem angry. Like, no. You would expect this character to be motivated by anger or rage or I don't know, just something that made him more interesting. Yeah. But he's not. He's, <laughs> he's just... not. He's motivated by his dumb hair. Yeah. His hair was the most terrifying part of him. <laughs> it had. He let it, I, I don't know, after he left the army, he was like, finally I can let my hair grow out again. <laughs> and it's down to his shoulders and it becomes increasingly curly throughout the film and it's just horrible. So Jonah Hex finds the fight tent Slocum runs in what is starting to feel like a video game quest. Mm-hmm. This it's especially just this people, scene. yeah. It's just like people running around. They're like, "Oh, find this guy here. I talked to him. Maybe use these coins. Run over there. Oh, we'll go talk to this guy. Run over there. That's what this movie was. Yeah, and it was. But this scene all the especially, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I never thought about how little supernatural stuff Turnbull has. Yeah, but. It's weird because Jonah Hex has his supernatural powers, and then in the deathmatch tent, mm-hmm. we see a guy with supernatural powers. Okay, that's my deal. In this tent, which is the one scene that we see Michael Shannon in, he's the announcer <laughs> for this thing, so good use of him, and the fight is between a normal guy and an actual snake man. Yeah, like you they see, he's foaming man. at the mouth. He's bald. He's foaming at the mouth. Like when he opens his mouth, he's opening it wider than a human can open it. And they bring him out, and I'm like, okay, halfway across the world, Snake Man. He's just a weird looking guy. This is like a circus thing. No, he's like an actual Snake Man. He's got little snake teeth in his mouth. He's got a weird Voldemorty face, yeah. and he's spitting poison. Venom. I know it's venom, but <laughs> that was what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Uh, so now you're like, okay, well, all bets are off in this universe because now I don't know what's going on. Anything is possible, and yet everything is so boring. Can I see a movie about the Snake Man, please? I would I so much rather watch that. Yeah, can the Snake Man be the villain? Yeah. He doesn't even really fight the Snake I Man. I love that. No, I thought he was going to also, but then he didn't. Right, that it would be a huge deal. It wasn't. We never saw even the Snake Man really do that much, but his fighting scenes were the most interesting part of this entire movie. Right, and this idea of, like, the weird West would have been way mm-hmm. better if the whole movie had been weird. Yeah, just the supernatural Wild West. Yeah. That would have been great. But no, we didn't deserve that, I guess. 
So Slocum tries to talk Jonah into rejoining the Confederate cause, but fails, and then threatens to throw him into the ring, which I would have liked to see. But Jonah throws him in instead. Jonah sets the tent on fire, makes friends with a dog that can outrun his horse, and then goes to dig up someone named Jeb to ask where Turnbull is. Jeb, it turns out, is Turnbull's son, who Jonah killed. To be fair, he pulled because Jeb drew on him. You know, you pass out at a party, someone's going to draw on your face. (laughs) (laughs) He drew a gun on him, but Jonah said he disobeyed an order to burn down a hospital, and he's not going to apologize for that. Jeb says he's been watching both Jonah and Turnbull, and they're starting to look really similar. They're both just out for killing. Yeah. Also, I would love to know, like, is that what you're doing with your afterlife? Mm-hmm. Just checking in on your former best friend and your dad? It's a spectator situation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what a depressing afterlife. He tells him, though, where Turnbull is. He's at Fort Resurrection, so don't read anything into that name. <laughs> and then he gets back into the ground. So... We jump back to Megan Fox for no reason and see someone tried to buy her. He starts slapping her around immediately and has taken her gun away because fool me once. But she manages to find a knife under her bed and stabs the guy. So cool scene. Yeah. We all already it's been established that she can defend herself. So I don't know why this was necessary, but I do because the movie is a solid 81 minutes long. (laughs) We still had to fill it out. Yeah. Stuff like this. (laughs) Jonah goes to visit Lance Reddick for cool new weapons and Reddick lectures him on how Hex never believed in slavery. He was just a contrarian, which I don't, nobody joins the army to be a contrarian. (laughs) And this is a new century of America, and the future is better now. And he can't wait to go to the centennial and see the president speak. Also, he wouldn't have been a contrarian if he was a southerner joining the Confederate Army. He would have been a contrarian if he was a northerner who joined the Confederate Army. Yeah, which doesn't make me like him if that's what happened. Jonah Hex finds the plans for the super weapon. While we see and hear Turnbull explain to Michael Fassbender, Burke is his name, that Eli Whitney was an expert weapons designer and created this at the government's behest, but when the government realized how powerful it was, they never made it, except they made all the parts and then just kept them places. Good job, government. Nobody looks at a weapon and is like, oh, that's cool, and it does what, and this is how it works? Okay. Oh, no, it's only now that we've made it, except never used it, that we decided it's too powerful. What? Yeah, we're done with this. It was uh, worth the money, but we're stopping. Get your life right, government. But they're going to use it at the 4th of July. Yeah. I'm sorry, 4th of July. (laughs) Jonah turns a corner. So this is cut together. Like, we're seeing Jonah see the plans, and he's looking at everything that he found in this place. I don't know where. (laughs) And then, you know, we'll cut back to Turnbull talking about... Fastbender, and then Jonah walks around the corner, and they're right down the hall from each other. Like, he's like, oh, you're right there. But he didn't seem to hear them talking. I don't... What's happening? Uh, Turnbull gets away, but we see some of the weapons that Hex is using. I thought we would see those weapons again, but we don't. So, cool. <laughs> Yet more scenes that are pointless. There's a chase through a dynamite warehouse, uh, at least it appears to be, and Jonah gets shot at least twice, but he gets on a horse and gets away. 
Sorry, Michael Fassbender. You didn't get him this time. As Jonah is riding home, he falls off his horse in a delirium and has a vision about his final showdown with him and Turnbull? I didn't understand this at all. Like, what was the point of it? He said when you're on the brink of death, you can, like, see your unfinished business. Oh, maybe that was it. I was just confused. But it just didn't make any sense. Like, still, why? Yeah, for a movie that explains as much as it does, it just didn't bother to explain any of that. And this thing at the end that's similar that I was also very confused by. Yeah. Maybe you can explain that to me. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I cannot. (laughs) So he lies in the grass and is circled by crows. Turnbull tests the weapon on a small Georgia town while sipping absinthe, which was strange. That was strange. (laughs) I'm not super sure there were a lot of Confederate generals that sipped absinthe. And I mean, he was doing it (laughs) fancy. When we saw the glass, I thought he was back at Wes Bentley's fancy house because he's got the the absinthe glass. He's got the little silver silver thing that the sugar cube sits on over the glass. He's melting it a little bit. I was like, this is very ritzy. Anyway. Uh, Grant and his advisor are talking about how many people died 300 and something, and they say there's no way of knowing which of the 20 major 4th of July celebrations he will attack. Very clearly the one with the president. They're like, I don't know, it could go to Philadelphia or New York, or, you know, you're giving your speech here. And I'm like, he's declaring war on America. He's gonna attack the president. What is wrong with you? (laughs) The, the president who was also the general that defeated the South. Exactly. What do you think? What, what are the odds here? Yeah, I know he's crazy, but he's also really predictable, actually. So, in case the audience isn't sure that Michael Fassbender is Irish in this movie, he <laughs> sings a little Irish ditty. Like the Irish do all the time. Yeah. As, again, it really kind of felt like he was putting an accent on, because I don't think his accent's that strong. Yeah. But it just felt... Like, it sounded kind of fake, but it wasn't fake. Like, he's Irish. Why did this feel so fake? Yeah. I think it is that exaggerated. Yeah. Anyway, he sings a little ditty as he walks to Lila's room, who says she's done working for the night, which is the case literally every time we see her. I don't know how she makes (laughs) any money at all. But he pulls out a big knife and carries her away. Because John Malkovich, Turnbull told him to go find what he hex loves so how did they know this yeah i don't know they didn't seem super public see this is so weird the army apparently knew where he was also when he was with her i i don't know because she takes other clients yeah and he doesn't seem to care that she takes other clients no and it feels like if you can find a prostitute, if you're horribly disfigured and you can find a prostitute that will sleep with you, that's why you would keep going back. Yeah, Not exactly. necessarily because you super love this woman. Yeah. It's... And she wasn't super nice to him in public. So no. like, like, we never see her doting on him in well, a public place. We've never seen her outside this room. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. Anyway, the Crow Indians find Jonah Hex and rescue him again. What, are they just sitting around waiting for Jonah Hex to need their help? (laughs) This is so weird. He's so lucky that he almost dies in their territory all the time. We're treated to more flashbacks of his Indian wife and kid. See, I didn't realize in the first scene, do we not see his wife and kid very well? Because I didn't realize they were Indian. We don't see them at all because I thought that it was just his two kids. 
Uh, I didn't realize it was his wife and his son. Well, and I also thought it was weird that I was like, why did the Crow Indians wander by and cut you down? Yeah. Like, you know, you see some guy, he's almost dead. You're like, well, you're some, you're not in our tribe. We're not going to waste a bunch of time and energy trying to patch you up. Yeah, like, we'll cut you down, but we're not going to. Right. And like, you know, we'll maybe make your death comfortable. Like, I don't know. But (laughs) yeah. But so then it made so much more sense once I was like, oh, his wife was probably Crow. Yeah, probably so. So. I, why wouldn't you... This movie is weird about what it over-explains and what it doesn't care about explaining at all. It's so strange. And also, again, we already know this story. It's the first thing we saw. He's not going to make us care more now that we see the wife and kid. I guess yeah. he's just thinking about it, but also, I don't care what he's thinking about. And the fact that the crow have already brought him back from <laughs> the dead once before. The fact that they do it... I mean, from almost the dead once before. The fact that they do it again. Like, I don't... I already know they can do it. I don't care. Well, that's why they didn't even focus on it. They, yeah. like, didn't explain it. They, they were just like, oh, this is what's happening. I mean, it would have been better if it had just been like, oh, and he didn't even need help because that's how amazing he is. Right. It, so it just feels like it's an extra lifeguard. Like, I'm like, yeah. you'll never get in trouble because the crow will just wander by and be like, oh, <laughs> exactly. we need to catch up Jonah Hex again. I know. Uh, in the medicine tent, he screams and inhales the smoke from the Indian pipes, and his eyes turn yellow, and first a smoke crow and then a real crow come out of his mouth and fly away, and we all know that's the sign someone's fully healed. <laughs> End of scene. Never explained. <laughs> he sends a message to Will Arnett, and it, it what must have been an insanely expensive message to Will Arnett. <laughs> it was so many It characters. was very long. Maybe maybe they abbreviated it for him. Yeah, I hope so. That Turnbull is is headed to parts unknown with his nation killer weapon, and then he goes in pursuit. Jonah finds the ship that they're about to sail on. Turnbull and his men are already on it, and Turnbull shoots Wes Bentley, who was also for some reason on the ship. Yeah, and he was giggling like a hyena. I don't understand this performance. I don't either. He's like, whoa, well, I I hope you succeed, or I'll be hanged if you don't, and I surely would like to uh, avoid that consequence. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. And then he gets shot. And John Malkovich says, consider it avoided. This is one of the many lines that I would not have been able to understand without subtitles. (laughs) I put subtitles on three minutes into this movie because everyone is mumbling and doesn't know how to do. Like, they think that southern accent means dropping consonants all over the place, which is not always true. I couldn't understand a word. Well, if anything, Southerners in, like, the traditional accent are known for over, like, speaking really slowly and over-enunciating syllables. And, like, maybe a little louder. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that, it was ridiculous to me how little I could understand of what Megan Fox, John Malkovich, and various other people were saying. And, and honestly, Josh Brolin. Yeah. Like, I could not understand them at all. Jonah is getting onto the ship, but is jumped by Michael Fassbender, who literally does an old-time fisticuffs fighting mission. Because <laughs> he's Irish. Yeah, they're like, oh, I don't know, what would an Irishman do? And Michael, I hope Michael Fassbender told them. Yeah, and Michael was Fassbender was like, I don't know, like, what would you do? Just a normal person? Irish people are just regular people. And they're like, no, 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 no. What is, what, what's the, the little Notre Dame guy do? Do that. Like we didn't hire you for your knowledge of Irish culture. Just do what we're telling you. They fight and Jonah kills Michael Fassbender for his wife 
And then he brings him back to kill him again for his son. Jonah takes aim at Turnbull as he speechifies for the men. But Turnbull sees him and yanks Lila up to stop him from shooting him, who I guess was sitting right there on the <laughs> ship's deck next to him. Like, has he just been making her follow him around but crouched low for dramatic effect the entire time? Turnbull doesn't want Jonah killed. He wants to keep him alive to watch. Although to Turnbull, that obviously just means keeping him chained up in the brig where he can't see anything. Jonah and Lila break out of the brig while Turnbull blows up Will Arnett's ship. Sorry, Will Arnett. There was no reason you were in this movie. So I like that they show that Lila is capable by the fact that she can pick a lock on handcuffs. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. That doesn't make you all of a sudden a strong, capable woman who added something to this situation. Disagree. In case you're wondering. <laughs> like, Jonah Hex is still doing everything. You're just along as eye candy. Let's not pretend anything else is happening here. She is useful in, in, a little bit later. As they fight their way through the ship, the men begin to fire the weapon on the president's speech at the Lincoln Memorial. But this we- way this weapon works is they first fire all of these, like, Think these, I mean, they're like cannons, but they don't explode. Like cannonballs, but they don't explode until you fire one of the glowing balls, and then all of them explode. So it's not dangerous until they fire that last one. Lance Reddick is there with his kids in the front row so that we can care more that a bunch of people and the president are about to die. Turnbull and Jonah fight, with Turnbull gaining the upper hand, and then we have cuts again to this Dreamland showdown uh, where he was dying and he saw this vision. This was so confusing to me. I didn't understand what was happening. No, because it was very unclear to me whether or not the Dreamland effect was informing real life or the other way around. Yeah. I couldn't tell. Because before, when he had this Dreamland vision, he actually, like... Turnbull shot him in the dream and he flew back like he got shot in real life. So I don't know what this even means. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Lila's losing her fight as well with another guy. She's reaching out for a hatchet but accidentally pushes it down where it falls into Jonah's hands and then he kills Turnbull. Well, he subdues him. The weapon detonator falls into the hold and blows up the ship and Turnbull as Lila and Jonah jump off into the water. As the crowd at the monument watches the explosion, Lance Reddick says, Happy Fourth of July. (laughs) So then, Jonah Hex is in the president's office for some reason. I'm not sure why he would have even gone there, since he seems to only go places he wants to go. And right. Feels should be obvious to everyone involved that he's done his job. Done. Yeah, he's he's just going to leave. So he says, well, I hope you'll consider this and hands him a sheriff's star and says, America needs a sheriff. What? This was so hilariously dumb. It to is me. not. Ex- that line is not excused by the fact that Jonah says, I don't think countries have sheriffs. Why would the president even say that? It's such a nonsense thing to say. Yeah. What? I'm so angry. So that's the end of the movie, and I hope there are ten sequels. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not quite the end, because then he goes to Jeb's grave and apologizes for having killed his father. Like, his father wasn't super-duper evil. You can't apologize for something that you don't regret doing. Yeah, and also, I'm pretty sure he did Jeb a huge disservice by pushing him into... 
doing a bunch of terrible things. Yeah. Like, firing on hospitals. It didn't feel like Jeb was rooting for his father when he brought him back from the dead. It wasn't no. like, you're just like my dad, and I love what my dad's doing, so, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, kind of weird. And also, there was a lot of moss on the gravestone, like he'd been dead for 25 years. <laughs> but whatever. So, I feel like this movie, and then five minutes of credits. Somehow, how did this movie... That was weird. ...require five minutes of credits? But... I feel like, you know, and I've never read the comic book it's based on or anything, but I feel like it could have been so much better. Like, there were glimpses of things where I was oh, yeah. like, if the, a better writer or director or someone had been mm-hmm. involved in this, this movie could have been a lot better. Not this movie. This whole <laughs> plot was terrible. Yeah. No, they, they could have done, like, a fun Scorpion King type movie with this. I, I think that it, this movie could have been fun. Well, or a dramatic... Yeah. Like, moody, supernatural western. Like, one or the other. They were kind of trying to go for both, and it didn't work at all. Yeah, they had Josh Brolin say a lot of lines that were not funny. Like, Mm -hmm. little quips. None of them landed. Yeah. But you feel like they set up this moody, angsty, Mm -hmm. tough guy. Yeah. They could have easily done kind of a dramatic, supernatural western yeah. That was quiet and a little bit weird and very although, manly. Although I have to say, Jonah Hex is also really stupid. I forgot to mention that the reason that he doesn't have a visible brand on his face is because he decided he didn't want Turnbull's initials on his face, heated up an axe, and put it on his cheek, and then he did such a terrible job that he, like, melted his face. Yeah. Good. He's a smaller yeah. knife. Like, thinking about it in hindsight and realizing, like, what it could have been. Like, there were moments when I was, like, a better adaptation could have been really good. Yeah. And this and this did go through development hell, like you were saying. But yeah. also, it, originally, they wanted it to be a TV series. Okay. And that never got made. And so then they did this movie because they owned the rights already. But, right. it, you know, there were a lot of problems on it. <laughs> I just don't understand how they got as many big-name actors to be in it as they did. That was crazy. So... Part of the reason it was bad might have also been, so obviously the, I don't think the director was any good at all, but he also is thought to have done a bunch of uncredited rewrites. So I think he just, he, he also probably had too much control over yeah everything. So everyone hated this movie, including <laughs> the audiences, because it cost $47 million to make. Mm-hmm. Which is actually really low. Well, yeah, it certainly tells you that they had higher expectations yeah. than they should have for this. Because I, reading the script, I would have been like, yeah, you shouldn't be making this for more than $20 million. Turns out they shouldn't have even been making it for that because it made $11 million. <laughs> and in fact, it did so poorly in the U.S. that they, it was an extremely limited international release. That's right. They cut back the countries it was going out to. Yeah. So crazy. So next up, we'll be doing a more recent adaptation, Warcraft. Oh, what? Is that the one with the monsters? Orcs, yeah. Orcs. Okay, I was going to say orcs, but I wasn't sure. With the tusks Yeah, the tusks. All right. I heard this movie was bad. No, I have not. I'm excited to. Yeah. It's got pretty good production values on it. All right. Well, yeah, they, they would have to. Yeah. It's got one thing going for it. So that's what's next on More Is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, 
write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.